Okay, is the red light on? The red light is on. Is it? Was it? Right? Was, it was it the was it the right red light? It's the red light. I hope so. <laughs> oh, it's the right one. You got okay. it. Okay. The grin on her face says it all. <laughs> Ready? Go on, spit out, Wes. Welcome to the Mountain Bike Connection podcast. We have got Johnny from Motul. Welcome. Welcome, John. Welcome. Hey, how you guys doing? Living the dream, one nightmare at a time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear that. That's the, the motto these days, right? Yeah. Much. Uh, it's a joke, but, you know, it's funny. Yeah, People we, laugh. Yeah, it's, it's funny because it's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm crying inside. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I feel you, man. <laughs> so, well, yeah, thanks for having me on, man. That's, that's awesome. And, uh, I didn't get a lot of chance to, to check out a lot of the podcasts, but what I did, everything looks great, sounds great, and uh, it looks like you guys are on the ball. So thanks for having me. Oh, well, no, it's great it. to uh, it's great to have you along. I uh, I guess I found more tool through the Hook It uh, system there, and kind of yeah. you go in and you apply, and it basically hooks into all your social media, evaluates your score, gives you a score, and you apply for programs. And that's where I found Motul probably oh, two years ago, maybe. I like it. Yep. I think so. Yeah, 2020 right. was the first year. Yep. Yep. And then I got the Slacker version three, which is sat right there. Yeah, Still you got it. in the box. Brand new nice. condition. It's been so, used a few times. So before we get any farther, now that we're actually recording... Why don't you tell us who you are, a little bit about yourself, Absolutely. even though we literally just got done talking to you well, about that's that. Why, that's why we shouldn't <laughs> hit record. In now the that beginning. we're actually recording. Well, no, because we need to be familiar with John before we introduce him to all the listeners. So, just... when, you, when you have deja vu now, John, that's because you've already said it. <laughs> she um... was right. She was right. We love her job so much, we do it twice. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I'm, just to be I'm pretty easy to deal with. Uh, I'm actually, I'm, my name is Johnny. Case beer, it's just like a case of beer, my last name. So I roll uh, my number riding is uh, 212 for 212 packs. And uh, <laughs> I grew up in uh, Flagstaff, Arizona, and racing dirt bikes. And I did a little bit of mountain bike racing. Uh, that was a little bit like in my later teens and stuff. But as a kid, I always rode dirt bikes, raced motocross and desert racing. And then I uh, I graduated high school in 1986 and uh, I quit racing, you know, his dad was funding all that and I went to uh, technical school. And so um, for the meantime, I went into IT, ended up running IT business, became a network engineer by trade. And then in all my spare time, when I wasn't running my business, I did bands and I toured all over the United States, did like punk and hardcore bands. And uh, for about 20 years, I did the band thing and then did IT managed services business. 
And then in 2010, our lead singer just went off the rails after four years and three albums and a bunch of tours. And, and I just, my brother and I had just had it with the bands and touring and some of the drugs and crap that was going on. Like we liked to party and stuff, but it got over the top, you know, and I was 43 at the time. So That's I ended up, uh, we just, yeah, we just got out of the music deal and I needed something to do. So I got back into, uh, I needed to get back into shape. And so the only thing I knew that was fun enough that I would do regularly was uh a 450 so i got a, a yz 450f and uh, that thing just had a they had reversed the cylinder on it in 2010 and it had a really bad weight bias and yeah. i didn't know that i hadn't ridden in 26 years so so i couldn't turn and i got obsessed with bike setup trying to figure out what was wrong with the bike and i ended up moving the motor like two and a half millimeters forward Jeez. and i fixed it but in the meantime, I became an expert at bike setup, invented this tool, <laughs> and I had started this company within like a year and a half of getting back into motocross. So that's kind of the short story how I where I started and how I got here. There's a, a lot of uh, details in there that you probably don't want to know about. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> Absolutely. You never know. We, you some never of know us like that. details. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, but that's the gist of it. I I, I consider myself a recovering IT person and uh, I obviously I'm writing software and stuff now, but it's uh it's nice because I'm writing it for my company. I don't have a CEO up my ass about his stupid email or why <laughs> the things scrolling when he leans on the space bar and stuff, you know? Yeah. All those human problems. Yeah, yeah. the software. We'll do what I tell it if I can figure it out. The humans, I, I you're never going to figure them out. Man. No, that's an absolutely that's true story. It's complicated. <laughs> yeah, humans are stupid humans as a whole. <laughs> yeah, they they are ridiculous. And uh, my friend Tracy always says, "Well, what are you?" And I'm a human, man. I'm one of them. I'm, a, I'm yeah, as dumb I'm not, as I'm not unincluding myself. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I'm I'm right in the front. I'm the king of that stuff, yeah, man. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you look up dumb shit in the dictionary, and I'm right there. I'm the yeah, yeah you're up at the top of the list. Yeah, with pride. Exactly. Know? Yeah, we wrote the books on that. Well, that's a good introduction. That's uh, that's, <laughs> you've had a good. Sounds like a good, fun life so far. Yeah, yeah. I've done a lot of this stuff. I actually have been all the way. I've even been an ostrich rancher. I was an ostrich rancher for two years, and I used to, uh, like, incubate uh, baby ostriches and raise them and stuff. Oh, and, you, uh, you said literally ostrich rancher. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I that was a foreman. <laughs> I'm sitting here. <laughs> I was like, what the hell is He's that? You have to go out and, uh, and grab them. Like, the big ones are, like, about 400 pounds. They're huge. They are huge. And they come running down. And you'd have to jump up and grab them by the neck and pull their head down. And then they'd get all disoriented and stuck a sock over their head. They would just mellow out. <laughs> but until then, you've got a 400-pound bird by the neck that's just right there. It was, it was a pretty interesting. That, man. that was I was the hell out of you. That's a big Oh, man. Yeah, it was It was wild. It was, <laughs> But if you knew what you were doing, you could handle them. But generally, uh, it was a pretty interesting job. But that was in, like, 1990. I think 1990, it was a long ass time ago. Fortunately, my job duties have greatly improved. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, but that is pretty awesome. That's, like, that's I've never heard that I in my life. Like 10 million questions about <laughs> raising <ostriches. laughs> I raised homing pigeons, so I love birds. So <laughs> I love <Yes>. this guy. <laughs> 
Oh, they're, they're amazing. You know, people would always ask me like, uh, oh, that's cool. But like, what do they taste like? And uh, I was always like, man, I don't know. I would never eat one. They were like my friends, you know, yeah. <laughs> I hung out with them every it's day. like eating but, your uh, pet. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How, was, how did your dog taste? Like, <laughs> yeah. what are you talking about? Well, the chocolate lab that was, is what wasn't that great. He was pretty tough. But <laughs> the German Shepherd was, yeah, yeah. was spot on. <laughs> Yeah, it's delicious. Okay, <laughs> With some gravy. So are they are they like are they a cuddly animal? Like how are they with human interaction? I think they'd be you're scowling. They're they? they're. I think they're be pretty dumb. If you think that humans are dumb, they're pretty. Are they a little bit like teenage boys? <laughs> they're even dumber than teenage boys. Honestly, Aww. they are just clueless but they're they're pretty sweet for the most part, unless they're in breeding season, and then the males they will just want to kill you. Like you can't get in the same pen with them or they will tear you up. Otherwise they're pretty like goofy and uh, dumb. And if they're, and they love shiny stuff. If like we used to get them all the time with like nails and crap in their uh, stomachs from Jeez. this old ranch. Okay. We'd have to go around with metal detectors and stuff because anything shiny, they would peck and try to eat it. Like and so you'd end up, we had one with a, like a six inch, uh, like a big, uh, Railroad tie nail in his <gasps> stomach one. Oh my god! Oh, had to do surgery on it. That looks Jeez. delicious. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I don't know how it tasted, but <laughs> so I know that's not at all related to anything about anything with wheels, but I don't know. It's I, where think, I think riding ostriches could be pretty fun. Yeah. Ah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, man. Well, that's... Yeah, they were wild. So, yeah, so that's kind of my background. And I live in uh, Portland, Oregon right now. I, I lived the first three and a half years in my brother's basement and uh, just trying to get this business on its feet. I've got this massive 800 square foot apartment now where I do everything out of here. And then uh, I'm actually talking about to some potential business partners right now that approach me about scaling this thing up and doing something mm. with it because awesome. i'm at the i'm maxed out everybody says it looks like a huge company and i said it does but it's one guy Jeez. <laughs> and i'm just maxed out right now you know doing as much as i can and struggling but yeah. uh but i've made it for nine years now and uh i'm proud of that and everything's good and i'm real real stoked on the new mountain bike stuff that i just put out like um the last couple of years i had the little hex key axle inserts that I haven't been that happy with that they, they work but yeah. it's it's just clearly not a purpose-built solution for mountain bike guys and I get it you know the cowboys don't go to the punk rock shows and stuff and motocross dudes and mountain bike guys aren't the same thing and so I just needed something that was like purpose-built and I kind of I was talking to my friend Brian that owns uh, Slick Products and he's got a super sweet Yeti and he wanted to use it. And I was trying to explain those axle inserts and it just sounded ridiculous. I was like, God, it's like, well, if you do this and you need a hex, you know, and he's not a technical guy. He's a, he's a business owner that just wants to set his suspension up. And I felt ridiculous trying to explain it. So it inspired me <laughs> to go back to the drawing board. And that's when I came up with that new uni universal mount that I just released. And uh, I added that, uh, where the app can now calculate uh, the percentage of travel you're using. And I, I really focused and I got some good stuff that I'm actually happy with and, and uh, proud to put my stamp on for mountain bike guys. I just, the last couple of years, it was good enough, but it wasn't something I was running around uh, hooting and hollering about, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've used the product and we set Jeff and Alice up a couple of 
our riding crew uh, late last year. They got on a couple of new rigs there, so we uh, we took some time. Nice. We just got them set up in the yard, did some tuning with them, and they were impressed with it. Jeff was very impressed with how it felt and how the bike responded afterwards. Nice. So very good. Yeah, that's always good to hear. That that's the key to me right there is uh, how it works for you and like your, you know, that it's actually a functional tool and that you enjoy it and it's benefit to you. Yeah. Because uh, technically. I understand it, but it, you know, to hear that it actually benefits people is always good, man. And that, that it's something that you'd find some value in, you know, yeah. the, I know the mountain bike scene, a lot of people like there, you know, there's the O-rings and I get it. It's easy. And, and it's like anything, that's the easy way to do it. But like slacker is the right way to do it, you know? Yeah. And with that universal I mean, mount now, you can do it with the air shock or a coil shock, like a coil shock, you kind of don't have any choice, but to use it. Yeah. With the air shock, uh, people get lazy, want to use the O-ring, but generally you, you've got over twice the travel where you're measuring with slacker. Yeah. So you get a more granular measurement. You could do finer adjustments. And the O-ring, even with your best eyes at 53, I don't know about you guys, but I can't see shit. <laughs> <laughs> I look at that little O-ring and I can't see it. I couldn't tell you, you know, I could be off. A millimeter on the shock body which would be a couple at the rear end or more you know I, it's just such a fudging thing and and the yeah. fact that you know if you just sit a little hard on the seat you could bump that o-ring it's easy and it's yeah, a really. static it's not a real-time measurement where you can see if you're doing something screwy or something's really wrong you know mm. yeah so i understand that in the you think about your leverage ratio between how much travel your bike has got in the frame and the rear wheel it's measured at rear wheel travel right yeah. and then you think about the stroke of your shock so yeah, like the like remedy has got 57 and a half mil stroke and you think about breaking that down into percentages and then think how much it increases with the leverage ratio of the back wheel if you measure your sag at the back wheel it's gonna be a lot more accurate than mm -hmm. trying to get it down using oh, the yeah. o-ring on the actual shock yeah. and same with your fork i have no idea what yeah, you'll see even in moto some of the suspension guys, and they don't do this to really get you set, but when they rebuild your suspension, they'll measure the spring and they'll preload it back there and send it to you. Yeah. And a lot of them will preload it what they think should be right for your weight. <clears throat> and that's great. But man, to measure it at the shock, you know, that little bit is millimeters at the rear end. So it's just so much more. And, and coming from moto, I was like, that's weird that they measure on a shock. Why would you do that? You know, that's yeah. weird. I get the O-ring. I get it all where it came from and stuff. But I just, I look at things a lot differently. I like to see how the bike is balanced like the shock whiz to me. Very cool piece of technology. It's some interesting gadget to me. But I don't want that box telling me what to do based on air pressures when I'm riding. I want to see how the bike sits in the real world. Is it sagged out in the back end? Is a fork dived out? What? How does it sit when I get on it and I'm going to go into a turn or something? And then I want to figure out my own damn clickers and I want to figure out my own sag numbers. If I like 35 or 25 percent or 20, yeah. like I like figuring that stuff out and finding the right thing. Because if you take that thing's suggestion, it's probably the same thing as the O-ring. Good enough. It's probably great for a guy that doesn't want to deal with it, that's busy and isn't into that. But when you get even into the Enduro stuff, I, especially Enduro, I just think that that you know, a few millimeters at the rear axle could be the difference that you're further into the stroke on the shock. So every time you're hitting chop and you're pedaling, you know, it's just, 
that shock is that much stiffer because it's further into the stroke, you know, little things like that. So Mm. I'd rather play with it and learn it from the feedback and just see those numbers and know I like it, you know, with a 28% in the rear looks great to me and it feels good. And I'd much rather do that than, you know, I just don't tend to listen to other people and devices. I'm pretty stubborn, old man. <laughs> oh, but you, you I mean, like what you like. When you get a new bike, your suspension, or you buy a new set of forks or a shock, you get your rider tables, right? So it tells you right on there, right away, between this set, this amount of PSI, this amount of rebound. Sometimes it kind of feels feels better on the Fox than what it ever did on a Rock Shocks. If I set the Rock Shocks up with the rider tables, it just felt like trash. I think it, I'm going to be excited was, to jump on the Quest this spring with the, a much better suspension setup, and then put that on it and do some tuning. Yeah, absolutely. Because my I have a stump jumper yep. right now. I'm not. I haven't been into biking for a real long time, so. I'm jumping from a base model stump jumper up to well, my the quest I ordered is gonna have a Fox 38 on the front and X2 in the back. X2. Yeah, yeah so it'll be fun to nice. play this and. Oh man, it's everything. Bike setup to me is everything, especially yeah. as you get older. If it's not fun to ride and smooth and nice, like it's the difference. Especially moto for me, uh, it's the difference between getting like 10 laps in and 30 laps because I'll yeah. get tired. The the bike will wear me out fast. You well, know? That's it. I hate that I'm getting old, but I am, and it'll wear me out. And I'll go home frustrated, you know, and feel like I can't ride and start self-deprecating. You know? Exactly. And it's the same on a mountain bike, right? You're riding a trail and, and your suspension's not right, and you get it packing down. You spend more energy than, yeah. than what you would if it was set up properly. Have you set your bike up yet? Not the Quest, no. Yeah. I haven't had enough riding time. I did the Trek. Mm-hmm. But I haven't done the quest just yet. did the Cannondale either. Really? Yeah, I know. Jeez, what a guy. I know, right? <laughs> we'll right. have to have and a Darren, do you have that new universal mount? I know we just recently had some back and forth, but uh, have I? Because I'll, I'll get you set up with one of those universal mounts if you don't have one. Uh, the V4 is on its way because the V4 is Bluetooth compatible. Oh, right? that's right. That's yeah. okay. That's yeah. right. And that and I we got you the universal mount and everything. Okay. Yeah. That's that's what I remember. I get I get so busy I can't remember, but uh, I just want to make sure that you got it. Yeah. And I think you're gonna dig the app stuff. Uh, it I I spent about eight days, about ten hours a day on rebuilding just that little virtual remote, so it had yeah. the MTB. <laughs> yeah, that's a nice Which is app, actually. I went through the service assist, assistant earlier and removed all my it's old super stuff. Tight. Yeah, it's yeah, got a I'm right there to the virtural on. remote, so that'll be that'll be pretty good. So are you going to talk yeah. about that and explain it to the rest of us around the table? Yeah. So in the box, as you were looking, sure. for all our listeners who can't see, so there's a main slacker unit and then there's a little remote unit. Hold on, hold on, hold on. That's the little guy. The little yeah. Little so thing. the little remote unit plugged in by cable and you put that on your handlebars or wherever it was easy to see. And now the ability is that the main unit has Bluetooth, so you can use your phone. Just put oh, your phone on. So you don't need the little guy. So you don't necessarily need that. And then you're not trying yep. to hold a, a dozen things down because these axle inserts were very good, but every now and then it'd pop off. Okay. <laughs> yep. go the other thing that really sucked, uh, the, the thing I liked about them is I had to work with a local machine shop in Portland, the small parts manufacturing. They're just cool dudes in a machine shop, local business. Like yep. I'm down. I love that. So I was down, but they were, they were costing me $12 a piece because the hex key 
I had to have it milled within a thousandth yeah. or it would wobble in yeah. the hex. Right? So, and then the tool out here would be really exaggerated. So, so that sucked and they were 12 bucks, but I was like, I'll do it if it's a good tool for these guys, even though I'm not making money on it, you know? And, uh, but the, the new setup's way better. I'm actually printing some right behind me right now. I don't know if you can hear that 3d printer somewhere oh, nice. there. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm I'm running I run that thing all the time and print shit out and test stuff and then uh, I'm printing some of the universal mounts out right now. <laughs> cool. So those actually get made right here in the apartment. I don't have to, and they don't cost me twelve bucks either. I think they end up being like five or six bucks by the end of the deal. So, and I'm stoked. Then I'll probably take them to manufacturing. I just wanted to get it out. I was excited about it, and uh, I had a bunch of people stoked. I already had my distributor, and I stray ordered them, and like Rocky Mountain ATV just ordered them, and nice. And the dealers, yeah, the dealers weren't really ordering those axle inserts. I think they saw what I saw. Man, it's pretty complicated for what you're getting, and eh, you know, <laughs> good enough. <laughs> Yeah, but no. I'm just not a good enough dude. That shit needs to be perfect. It needs to be tight. <laughs> yeah, no, it worked pretty good, and like I said, the results are impressive. It so, definitely yeah, changed. I think ride. you'll really like that. That universal mount, you need to take that initial measurement again. But it's yeah. it's really uh, it's so much more stable on the frame and everything. You can put it where you want. It'll also bring the tool forward a little bit, and that's nice because. Uh, it, it gets it from being so angled. It brings it a little more towards under the seat. And I just had a guy send me a picture of his stump jumper and it literally being strapped on that rear frame like that on that stump jumper. It was the, the electric one. It, uh, that slacker heads and goes directly at the seat post at the seat rail where the clip goes. I mean, he's all, it's a little bit crooked. And at the end, I mean, it was probably two degrees off and on a motorbike, it gets off a little bit because the, yeah. the axle rotates and, uh, and you just kind of, you know, it, it is what it is. But I was amazed at how that slacker just literally doesn't do this because of the way that the linkage is on those mountain bikes is crazy and genius i love that stuff i love getting into those linkages but the way that travels the the overall swing arm doesn't swing it goes up so it's pretty cool so that i this it worked out better than i even knew that it did honestly can i just say i'm that's, still that's rare i'm still honestly in awe of the fact that you do it all in your apartment all by yourself that's pretty amazing <laughs> like my family says that all the time and i'm like i don't know what to tell you it's not as impressive from inside of this thing right here it's all <laughs> fairly terrifying and overwhelming do you sleep <laughs> <laughs> no not much honestly not not a lot i i work i'll work till four in the morning and the next day i'll be up at four in the morning like Jeez. I just go when it's, I just go when my brain says go, like if I'm really into something, adding a feature or rolling something out, coming up with a new product, like I just get really excited about it. Yeah. And, uh, and my brain gets going and I can't stop. And I go to bed, especially with programming, I'll, I'll have a problem to solve and I can't turn it off. So I lay in bed thinking about it and I'll wake up and go in and start programming, you know? So yeah. I don't so much, but Honestly, it's fun. It, it fits my style. I tend to kind of ride it till the wheels come off and then try to figure it out, you know? So yeah. I'm, I'm kind of at the point with this thing where after nine years, it's the wheels are coming off a little bit, not in a bad way, but it's just growing up and it's got to go to another place here. Apparently this, I think this is going to be a, a big year of change for me on this thing. 
but I enjoy it overall. I love it. And it's what I do. I wouldn't do it if I didn't. The reason I don't work for other companies is I don't want to, you know, (laughs) I pretty much do whatever I want to do. So that's why I'm doing this. (laughs) That's good. You can't beat that. Yeah. No, it's a good product. And I definitely think more people should take the time to think about their setup. Well, and and you don't know, right? Like I never would have ever. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. That's just it. Yeah. So many people that will go, like you said, buy a bike and, and to a certain extent, expect it to come out of a shop ready to ride. Like yep. nobody, like I would never sit and what into the microphone. You're fed it. I'm loud mic. enough <laughs> that I'm sure everybody you are can absolutely hear. Absolutely loud enough. <laughs> Thank you. My husband is he's got a little bit of PMS today. I think so. He's been a little bit opinionated. Um. So well, even like even um, Kate just bought a new bike, right? Like yeah. she would never know, no, and you know, and it's the group that will probably help her, but she doesn't know yep. that she needs to look at that suspension, look at how much is in it, and and fix it to for her, right? I agree. And yeah. the bike shops are terrible, especially like motorcycles. Those guys will sell you, you know, same price, ten thousand dollars. Bikes are no cheaper these days, but. They'll shove you out the door and never even tell you that. And if you're a little heavy or any, it's never adjusted right, ever. Yeah. In fact, they don't even grease the linkage and stuff. Sometimes I'll have to rip the shock out and grease stuff and run through the axles. And so I think it's kind of lame and it's something that uh, people just aren't aware of. And if you make it easy for them, they'll do it. And once you see it, it's genius. Like when I invented this tool, like I had a, a working prototype of it, but I didn't really have a system yet. I had a thing that would take measurements by like, where do you put it on the bike? Where do you take the measurement to get the number like that say Suzuki wants? Mm-hmm. So I had a Suzuki and I found out one day, uh, you know, the, the factory would measure from the, the end of the swing arm to like the back of the seat bolt, which is really a weird thing to measure too, because it doesn't have a good place to measure too. It's a crappy reference. And it's awkward to measure that way with a tape measure even, but that's the way they do it. So when I I was originally measuring vertically, because the original prototype, it was just a bar hanging from a string that went up and down through a box. So it was vertical, right? And then I got it working with the retractable cable. And one day I was I was like, man, my number does not line up with Suzuki. Mine says 105. And if I measure with a tape measure, it's like 98. And that's just not good. I'm going to get eaten alive when this thing hits the reviews. They're going to go, it sucks. It's not the right number. It's a placebo. And the, the reason I invented it was because I'd used a tool that was exactly that that pissed me off. So I was like, man, it can't do that. So I was riding one day and I talked to this welder dude and he says, uh, you know, if you want to know where like the, maybe you want to measure across the arc of the axle, because that's kind of where that seat bolt is. And he said, just take a piece of string and stretch it out from the swing arm pivot to the rear axle and swing it up and that'll show you. So I did, and I just took the clip on the side plate, seemed weird, and then slacker was at an angle, seemed weird, right? And then took a measurement, it was 98, and I should be at 105, so loosen the spring. Seemed really weird, man, to be loosening the spring up, right? It's not gonna turn good now. This is going to suck. And man, my bike was 
100% better. The whole chassis calmed down. I was running the spring too tight, so it was stink bug, yep, and it yeah. was unstable at speed, and it would knife in the turns. It would knife in instead of taking the right. And when you came out, it was really harsh in that uh, in the chop coming out in the acceleration bumps. All that went away, and that bike was just like day and night. And that was the day that I saw it and knew what a big difference bike setup was. And it was the key to that tool. And I think anybody that rides, when you have that day, you'll never go back, man. The minute you hop on that bike and it sucks, you just probably won't ride it if you can't. If you don't have the way to get it set up, you probably just stick it in the corner. It's like playing a guitar that's not tuned, like literally. Gonna sound like shit. You're gonna hate playing it. It's and everybody's gonna laugh at you. You know, (laughs) it's kind of that kind of a deal. So for someone like me that's never done any tuning on my mountain bike, I admittedly just jumped on, O-ring, set the sag, away we go, (laughs) and drive it. So this could be a real eye opener this spring when I get to actually go through and tune my new bike. And good for you for at least doing that basics. You know what I mean? At least you're doing that. As, I as long, and I don't, I don't have any problem with the good enough deal. It isn't my deal, but if if you want more out of it, man, it's way worth digging in there and just learning it. Yeah. And playing with your clickers and playing with the sag and seeing how it turns and does and just you know have fun. I enjoy that stuff. I like yeah. tinkering, so it's a natural thing for me. There's other people that's the last thing they want to do, man. That's I'll, the I'll last step. Like that. Absolute like misery. Mess around with shit too. <laughs> I think the general misconception yeah. is that. This kind of stuff is for people who race, right? Because telemetry. Yeah, I mean, exactly. that's really what we're dealing with here is mm. data around your setup is telemetry. Yeah. That's typically yep. something race teams will deal with, but they think that just going out riding, it's not important, but, but it really at is. At the end you of know, the day, it's, though, it's your setup. probably a lot of people, I'm not racing races, but every time I ride, I'm racing. You're <laughs> like, yeah. racing yourself. Going, yeah, 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 I'm racing myself. So, you know, and it's, it's not yeah. about getting super nerdy about the data. It's about making that ride more comfortable, more responsive and just getting your money's worth just out feeling, of feeling what you've, good, yeah. what you, you know, yep. out of your equipment. Yeah. But and it's not about being the, the super badass fast guy because everybody yeah. thinks that I must be some super moto dude. And I'm like, no, I'm a lazy old man and I just don't like a bad bike. <laughs> I mean, straight up, I don't ride with, like when it's over 95 degrees. I mean, I got some boundaries these days. And that's one of them. 95 <laughs> degrees. If it was 95 degrees here on the East Coast, the humidity, like we would literally be a puddle of shit on the ground. I, I think it was oh 95 that day we went to Woolastock, right? Oh, man. It was about that, and it just about killed me. The humidity here is insane. It went in Portland, Oregon. We had a record this summer. It went to. 116 degrees man where i'm literally a half a mile from the columbia river like it's i mean it's fucking northwest at 116 in downtown portland it was unbelievable man yeah gone with that i definitely don't ride i hope i can drop an f-bomb there i do not ride over 95 that's not the first time there's been an f-bomb dropped on this podcast i I usually I'm trying to be better these days. I dropped too many. Even with my mom, I'm like, I should probably cut that down. Oh, man. <laughs> it's, uh, it's usually Laurie we have to control. Yeah, right. These two here, <laughs> they come over from Britain. I know they sailed over on a pirate ship. They swear like, <laughs> they swear like nobody I've ever heard. I, I support Laurie in her cussing mm. adventures. Yeah. I've got to, I got to, I'm a little bit like, 
I don't want to say disappointed with um, bike shops because that's probably the wrong word, but I can't think of a more appropriate word. Like, would this not be a selling point, right? Like if I'm going, yes, I want to get into biking. I'm going to go to a store. I'm going to buy a bike. If somebody spent the time and had a tool like this and made sure that that bike was perfect yep. for me, like, would that not be a selling point? It should like, be. It, it absolutely it should, should be. Yeah. I'm, I'm so surprised yeah. that, that because you're, I mean, you're part of your part of your sales process is your pre-delivery inspection, right? Yeah. So you're checking brakes, yeah. everything, making sure everything's put together on the bike right. For but sure. something you're not checking is yeah. the suspension. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I know it's I individual to a rider, but going out of that store, that if... it's important for the rider yeah. because you get the bike set up right and you learn the proper technique. Exactly. But it's also important for as a business guy, it drives me crazy because it's like, how can you do that? <laughs> like yeah. selling beds without seats or tires, like cars without tires and shit. Like it's part of the deal. And like to me, if I went into a shop and I'd been buying motorcycles since 1979. And I went in and this one guy said, well, wait, let's get you set up. Here's this tool and got me set up, said, yeah. man, you're a little big these days. You need some new springs. Let's get the right springs on it. Yeah. Right. They could sell some springs and some fluids and service and make a little extra money. Yeah. If I could be dialed and I'd be, I'm not going anywhere else. That guy is the shit. Exactly. I went in there. Nobody, I'd be pissed at everybody else that had ever sold me a bike, honestly, because yeah. I go, why didn't anybody ever tell me that? You know? Yeah. Exactly. So I think that it's a weird I don't understand it honestly, but I share the that same thing. I'm I'm always harping on that. Why wouldn't you do that when yeah. the guy just spent grand, even just to be nice and say thank you? Yeah. Well, and, and when you <laughs> think, much better to get him to come back. Well, and when you think that the the um, the amount that people pay on the suspension, right? Like I'm just thinking of the forks. I'm not looking at you because you'll get all. Mm, <laughs> um, but I'm just thinking the amount of uh, of, of expenses in them forks, right? That yeah. you, that you've yeah. got, and and if you're you're going to a shop, like I wouldn't have a sweet ass clue what my suspension's supposed to be set at. But if I'm buying a yeah. bike, and like you said, if I'm spending seven, eight, nine thousand dollars i want them to sit and spend 10 minutes with me to make sure the suspension is set up to me like uh, it's just for sure like no brainer to me yeah no i i agree yeah. i think it's kind of a rip and you should be disappointed like uh it just seems like they're missing the mark there because yeah. it's such an important thing for you to just to, you know you know, yeah it just makes so much sense to even just say, hey, would you like me to do that? Or yeah. do you know you need to do this? <laughs> and you'd say, I didn't know I need to do that. And then they could tell you. And it, then at least you'd be aware. But so many people just don't even know. Motorcycles, it's even worse. Mm. They don't even know that you're, they they literally just get on them and ride yeah. them. They don't, just don't even adjust the preload clickers, none of that. And it's just insane to me. Like I, I've like, made a lot of people religious all i gotta do is make a measurement make an adjustment and say try that out and they're they're done with the no adjusting world you know they're yeah. like oh i see it now i i had a guy down at uh, milestone mx in california before they closed down and uh this guy was a vet novice 40 plus novice and uh he was he won the first moto just no problem you know and then he came back and we were explaining setting his sag and he's like, I've never done that and we said well let's check it so his bike was at 128 millimeters and he should be at 105 Jeez. so I was like oh man 
So we tightened up the spring. He had these super bald tires and shit. And we're like, man, what a piece of crap. But he went out for the second moto and this is 40 plus knob. It's not, this is not, uh, you know, Cooper Webb or any of these guys. This is an old man like me. And he was seven seconds a lap faster. And he came back his eyes were this big. He was all, man, it's like I got brand new tires on that thing. I just lay it over and put my foot out and that thing just goes. And I was like, exactly. And so he was sold, you know, and, and you have, I see that all the time. When you have that moment, when you figure out what that bike setup really actually means to you, when your brain can see it, it's like, you may not know the oven's hot until you touch it. But then after that, you know it. Peep, and it's peep. the same thing. People get on this and they take the suspension for granted, but what they don't realize is that suspension is a huge part of how much grip you have on the trail, be it moto yep. or mountain bike. For so, sure. So, so th- that I, I just had an epiphany. Oh, Laurie, that is why we're slow. We need to adjust our <laughs> suspension. <laughs> and we need to get there seven seconds. I say that's what. So oh, you think about what yes, it does what. is. <laughs> It's it's not actually just keeping you up and comfortable on this cushy mush of air. It's actually pushing the tires back against the ground, mm, right? So it's yeah. improving your grip all I around. I wouldn't know because, you know, my husband wouldn't set my bike up for yeah, me. Yeah, sure. Know, we have done this. <laughs> I know for sure we've done this. We haven't. Because I've made you stand on the bike while I've been holding it. No, you have. Not with this particularly. Oh, so you, you, just, you just eyeballed it with me. <laughs> He's waiting for the V4. He's going to get set up with the V4. He, he yeah. eyeballed it, John. He didn't use your tool. Oh, he told me he was ordering the V4 specifically to get your bike dialed in for you. Bullshit. For Valentine's Day. <laughs> Bullshit. Exactly. You know the old saying, yeah. bros before. <laughs> yeah. Wow. No, he didn't say any of that shit. But he won't have it. And he won't have any excuses anymore. Uh, I think you make a good point, though, that if we were to go to the bike shops, how many would actually know, uh, have the knowledge of this? I, I honestly... You know what we should do? Yes. You know what? Secret we shopper. Do? We should be a secret shopper. <laughs> that would be go awesome. Ra- go around to these like these seventy year old seventeen year olds in these and ask them what suspension should be set for my body and weight and type and see if they uh, actually know the answer. Yeah. Probably. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say probably a lot don't because for the most part. A lot of them are just retail, right? So yeah, exactly. they're not yeah, serious. I mean. I mean, when you get into your serious tech and you get your full-time mechanics there, yeah, sure, I expect them to kind of know their shit and people kind of with shop like on a racing yeah. background, like Adam. I could go to Adam, Adam and know. sure as shit I mean. say I need some help with my suspension, and he'd be right there knowing exactly. But he's what got he's an doing. extensive racing background. Exactly, he's. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll and it be the front of the house, back of the house. The sales guys don't get it and don't give a shit. And the service guys don't want to come out and deal with customers, right? They're like, yeah. fuck it, leave me alone. I'm <laughs> I'm servicing. I don't want to deal with the public. That's why I work back here, you know? So yeah. this and there's is a always good opportunity for the independent service. bike mechanics. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, yeah, the one stop shop, man. Yeah. There should be at least one person within a store that should be able to tell me what my suspension should be set at. Or they yeah. should have Darren's business card to send them this way. Get, <laughs> that, get their yeah. bike to <laughs> Or like someone like Josh Tibb with a Velofix. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. some some way to, you know, you, you know, I'm not expecting everyone to know everything about everything. Even though I didn't know. Well, but you, I mean, if you're going to be in a trade or do yeah. something, you need to know some basic shit. 
Like yeah. I could interview somebody about what I do and I don't need a resume. I could tell if you were talking, knew what you're talking about just from three questions, you know? So, yeah. exactly. but you know, a lot of it too, there, it's so complicated when you get into the business end though, too, because a lot of those guys aren't getting paid much and they just want to drink beer and chase girls and ride their mountain bikes and shit, yep. you know, so <laughs> there's just so much going on, but for, as a business owner stamp, as a writer standpoint, it's kind of bullshit. Mm. You know, you're kind of getting gypped off, if you will. That's probably not the right thing to say. But I think that uh, as a business owner, it's just a ridiculous opportunity to miss to not make your brand more premium and more desired, like have people be more loyal and like your brand and have a favorable view of your brand and always think, oh, yeah, well, you got that. Well, have you ever done that? No. Well, man, I bought my bike and this guy showed me and now I always do that. Yeah. You know, I just, I think it adds so much value to the business more than just selling a product. Yeah. Cause exactly. that's everybody can sell products, man. That's just a thing, you know, there's guys out there with air shocks that don't own a shock pump. That, a lot. <laughs> Surprisingly. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, Going it's nuts. crazy. And a lot of them will just pump it on up as whatever and go to town, you know, yeah. like, yeah. they don't. a lot of people just don't. And that's, that's fine. I get it. In fact, Coming from motocross, there's a lot of no-nothing guys in moto that they don't care. They they don't care if the you, they want it to be crappy. They don't want to know anything, and and I get it, you know. But this is not their product or company. Yeah, this is for the people that want to go in depth and nerd out on it, like we all like. Yeah, that. well, people that, that give a shit. Like yeah. I came up with that tagline: "Work smart, play hard." Because I was like, "Oh, why why work all hard? Yeah, and play hard." Work smart and get exactly. the shit done with the right tools and get out and rip, man. <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, you go and you're spending six, seven, well, let's be frank, up to $10,000 on a new mountain bike, sometimes yep. maybe more. You want the most for sure. your suspension. And if you're not taking the time to kind of figure around with it, with this thing, and figure out what your numbers actually are, get it set right, you're just, why are you even buying it? Really? Yeah. You, and if, that's, if that suspension's a-, a huge part of it. You pay and for if it, you ride with right. other people, people will know that. It's the kind of like the interview, knowing if people know their deal. People will see it all over you. If if you're just the guy that shows up on Sunday with the nine thousand dollar bike and all the fancy gear, and you don't <laughs> yeah. know shit, isn't set up right. <laughs> Looks like a mountain everybody biker. Will know it. You'll you'll be that guy, and everybody will know it. And you just don't want to be that guy, right? Yeah. I, like I don't. I I live to not be that guy. Same here. I want to be the guy that doesn't look like he could do. We have a in term the- for those <laughs> in, the, in the military. They're all the gear and no idea. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. not me. No. If I'm gonna have the gear, I'm gonna know how it works. Ah, exactly. That's me too. I'm in. I'm the exactly the same way. Yeah, so I've got to say, the most impressive thing about that is the strength of that bloody magnet on the back. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got the axle insert, oh, and I can't get the bugger out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah. The other thing you like about that universal mount is that it's way easier to get off. It's just like, uh, it's just got that little yeah. mount, like that little washer mount on there. So, like, it sticks good to it, but not crazy because it doesn't have the thickness of steel because the backing is just plastic on it. Yeah. So uh, it's much easier. I hated that, too, because you really had to kind of grab it, and it got a, you know, try to get a screwdriver under it. Yeah. But it You're going to be a Russian a good shot part to get that off. 
<laughs> I wish I could get rid of that magnet. That little thing is expensive, honestly, but it's kind of the key to keeping it universal. I yeah. like things to be work on everything and I, it's usually impossible to accomplish, but I, I do my best. <laughs> no, they're really good quality units. I'm super awesome. impressed with them. I'm glad. And thanks for your support, man. Like I would not, I wouldn't be, have moved up into my huge 800 square foot apartment without people like you supporting me, man. I like I literally, twice. yeah. Yeah. That living in my brother's basement sucked. I ended up even having to do a bunch of 1099 work and shit. Like I got all kinds of stories from those days too, man. That was a, <laughs> it was a rough ride. It's not like a finished basement. It's like a basement with a boiler in it basement <laughs> you, you were living in the broom closet john, <laughs> yeah dungeon kind john, of deal john what's 1099 work oh it's uh just like independent contractor work i would go out and uh like in 2017 i had i was sourcing my product through a guy a company in new york and they were getting it from my factory in china right well this guy told me it's kind of a long story, but basically I sent him $31,000 to pay off the order to get it released in China, and he took it and disappeared. Oh, <laughs> what a and uh, I went, holy shit. So I'm trying to figure out where this guy went, and it's yeah. coming clear the guy disappeared. And luckily the factor ended up getting a hold of me. It's like, hey, we haven't got paid. So I ended up paying him like 10 grand to get it, the product released, and then he let me pay him off. And the dude is one of my best friends now. This guy in China that runs the factory. Wow. He's an awesome guy. It's actually one of the best things that ever happened in my business was this event. But in the meantime, like I lost that, uh, that guy just kind of ripped off my money and left me stuck. So I had to fill that hole. So I went out and started doing these uh, ripping out McDonald's networks and redoing their wireless and computer rack and all that oh, shit. Yeah. You know, the oh, computer right, switches, yeah. the switches and the wireless and then for this new system for AT&T. So I could make like six or 700 bucks in about six or seven hours in the middle of the night, go in and get that thing, rip it, test it and leave. And so that next year I did uh, 18,000 miles just here, just between Washington state and Oregon. Jeez. I did uh I did 18,000 miles. I did 80 McDonald's. I gutted. If you oh. go to a McDonald's in the Pacific Northwest, I probably did their network. <laughs> wow, and uh, nice. but I made 65 grand that year doing that shit while I was doing this shit. <laughs> you really don't. Yeah. So it's been a wild ride. And that's when I was living in that shitty basement. And I just thought I was never going to get anywhere. So life has improved, you know, as bad as it seems some days and as hairy as it gets. I'm always like shit. And then like last year I had actually the, the next big thing event I had was last year uh, in November. I actually ended up losing a whole entire shipment of slackers, <gasps> 2000 of them. Oh, yeah, oh like, shit ball. 70 grand to the bottom of the Pacific ocean. They had this, uh, it's the largest loss of uh, largest maritime cargo loss ever where they didn't lose the actual boat. They lost 1800 of those 40 foot containers 13 oh, miles oh, long i think i saw that i think it was, was unfucking believable man yeah. so just clean me out so i've spent the last year struggling again i'm fighting is there no shit, insurance you know? on anything on things like that or there, like that one i got screwed because the agent that booked it wanted to save me 158 bucks so we're actually going through a clean process now but the boat stalled it out the boat owners and there's so many parties involved right there yeah. was 
I mean, it was a, a like a six hundred million dollar loss. Yeah, and they carry fourteen thousand of those containers on one. So there's so That's many insane. shipping companies. Wow. Shit, it's so complicated that they just started the investigation, the private investigation, to start the claim on it. Wow. You know. So, uh, but fortunately, this time I haven't had to go back to ten nine work. I've just gutted it out. You know, I haven't. I didn't have an option that last time. But yeah, I've had a couple events like that. Portland's been a pretty rough ride the last five years, man. But it's like anything. If you want to get to the top of the mountain and your your feet are falling off, you know, if you got to cut them off to keep climbing, it's so be it. I'm like all in. Wow. Yeah, I'm just. It's just what you got to do. It's. I mean, shit. It's. It's just a survival thing. It's like if a bear is chewing on your ass, you just respond. And that's kind of the way that this business has been run since the beginning. <laughs> the bear's been chewing my ass and I've been trying to get away from it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think I actually have a great opportunity to get away from it. I've actually got a great uh, partner opportunity with some like big, big top of the moto industry names that's and awesome. stuff. But awesome. I got to I got to see how it goes if they want to deal with me. <laughs> I don't see why not. Maybe they'll help you with the bear that's been chewing your just ass. Just tell them about the ostrich. I'm a pretty weird you. dude in motocross. I can tell you that when I show up they're probably like, "Oh, Antifa's here, man." <laughs> <laughs> no, I just don't fit into that shit at all, man. I'm a I'm pretty funny. I'm like zero logos tattooed weird metalhead guy and so <laughs> I'm kind of a handful for some of those guys and a lot of them are they're pretty stoked like oh thank god <laughs> it's another weirdo in the scene you know so well you definitely fit in over here in the east coast absolutely yeah <laughs> yeah no i can tell right away that i fit in with you guys like i could be sitting here having a beer right now and it would just work I oh, could sweetie, tell. You, you you wouldn't want to because it's that's what I'm into. Fuck, it's butt fuck cold up here. Oh, it's freezing. Well, today's Hello. actually not been too bad. It's only like uh, minus four Celsius, but last week we've had minus thirty yeah, that's something brutal. Celsius. Oh. Yesterday morning was minus thirty four Celsius. <laughs> it was so, <laughs> so that's about yeah. the same Fahrenheit. My yeah. little English rose ass wanted to go back to England briefly well in the summer then it would be nice so you could hang out and have a beer and ride some bikes or something man that would work oh yeah no that's good you guys are are laid back some of these things i never know what i'm getting into man (laughs) oh we're the finest collection of weirdos you ever did see i'm very surprised Uh, i like it just some people are stiff, you know. I'm not oh, a very yeah. stiff yeah. person. No, like, we... I start rolling it by the end. I'm like, I wonder if those people just thought I was ridiculous or what. <laughs> but I I've, I've found a lot of people did, stiff but... like that too. Yeah, There's but you listen stiff. to some podcasts out there and they are so frigging monotonous and they're just drawn on about this super yeah. expensive gear that, well, let's be frank, no fucker can afford. Mm. I sure as shit can't drop yep. that kind of money on that kind of yeah. gear, you know. Nine yeah, percent like of normal people. Are, yeah, yeah, really. People are these days are just biking on a budget as best they can. Yeah, and yeah, it's just way out there. Yeah, so if we put something together that's a little bit looser and uh, more fun. Try to pitch stuff. I think too. Like for me, I'm not much of a sales guy. That's why I haven't been pushing those axle inserts. I don't yeah. try to sell shit unless I think that it's something that you need. You know. So uh, I think a lot of those guys too, and that's what they're, I get it. That's what the business expects. If the Alpine stars dude comes on, he wants you to talk about the new boots and shit. Yeah. But it's just not my style. I try to just, I try to do like this business is just about making shit easier for people and making their life a little bit better. Not like in that I'm going to get them out of 
poverty or something, but just that their bike will ride a little bit better. That's good enough yeah. for me at the end of the day. Sometimes, you know, I mean, there's only so much you can do. And as long as the tool is helping guys like you, then I'm, I'm super stoked on it, man. Help keep the rubber side down. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Keep that thing dialed, man. Yeah. It works really well and you can keep all your settings in the app on your phone as well. So yeah, no, no need. Yeah. To and the app, you don't even, don't really even need Slack or the app you can use and just type in that your uh, SAG settings and all that, but you can put in all your yep. clickers and all that SAG settings. I'm going to add in uh, tokens for the shock and fork and then yeah, add that'd in, be uh, good. Yeah. Tire inserts for like the Kush core stuff and all that. Very so cool. I've got some stuff I'm going to add in the next couple of weeks to it. I just, I just rebuilt the whole app and got it running on my Macintosh computer and on the web. Yeah, nice. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I'm pretty, but it was major. It took me like, I, I had to go deep and get the whole app and rebuild a whole part of it to get it to do it. So I just did a major release uh, two days ago and then I updated it last night. I just put out a new release probably today. It's probably out and uh, of that with the virtual remote and all that, but I need to add some more of the uh, fields and stuff where you can keep your notes. But otherwise, like it's, it's uh, I'm real happy with that virtual remote and the way that came up with. And then eventually I got to get through some other products, but eventually I'm going to have a, a purpose built tool that you'll just, that you can actually strap on an air shock and it'll measure in like tenths of millimeters. And we'll do what Stacker's nice. doing at the shock, yeah. you know? And then I have another product I'm working on. That's a little bleeder product. And it's, I'm working on a patent, so I can't say a ton about it, but basically it will work with Slacker and work with that tool and you'll be able to attach it to your shock and pump it up. And then that thing, will you'll be able to say, I want it at uh, 33% on the app. And then it'll bleed that shock down to your 33 and nice. cut it off. So you can, it'll automatically set your sag on your forks and shock. Huh. That's awesome. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I've got some better mountain bike stuff coming in. And I, and I, I admit my shortcomings with those shitty, Axle inserts. <laughs> hey, they but, work pretty good. Yeah, I've got no complaints. I'm here, genuinely you know. stoked on the on the universal mount. I'm stoked. Like I'm bugging my friend uh, Kevin that owns Evil Bikes about because they use them uh, for their demo tours. Yeah. So I'm bugging him to get him. You know, hopefully start maybe working with Bubba Warren and get some shit flying like I do with the motocross and, and street racing and stuff. I just, you know, I I'll be honest. I've been a little embarrassed about those axle inserts just because they're not as good as I knew they could be, you know, not that they suck. It, that's my whole life. My family's like, Oh, you're doing great. And I'm always like, yeah, but you got to understand, <laughs> you know, I just, I see the turds and I admit them when they're turds and that, that one was like good enough kind of a deal, but I'm, I'm picky. And I, I feel like that new between the, the new app ad, additives, you know, the additions to the app and then yeah. that universal mount, and even that little seat rail clip, I was pretty pleased with. I, I rubberized the inside of it. So when you stick it on, it just pops onto the seat rail and sticks and it feels like a magnet. Nice. It's real weird. Yeah, I just correct and it's just on there and you can just pop it off of there. So it's a nice little system. And for 20 bucks for the kit, it's like, I'm, I'm happy with it. I'm finally happy with the mountain bike stuff. And then stoked to like add some other products. That, that air bleeder product will come out before the mountain bike shock tool and that will work with slacker so you'll be able to use it as part of this system you know yeah. that you're getting with v4 and then then you know the app will just control that and it basically will just base it on whatever measurement slacker's giving it and it'll it'll bleed you down to your sag you know that's awesome 
I'm super stoked for that. I like it. Yeah. So I'll, I'll have to let you know if he does it when he gets his new one. I'll I'll shoot you a message and tell you whether it's <laughs> yeah. actually done. Yeah, you're on the hot spot now. You're on the hot seat, yeah, buddy. Right? Well, I saw the Midland uh, Pure Letter truck go down by earlier. I was like, oh, is it here? And then he kept on going. I was like, oh, <laughs> no, not today. He'll crash. Yeah. With the factor, it's it's one of those things that once you got it, then you got no excuses, you know. Yeah. So like, where can people? Was, speaking of that, where can people get it? Is on just your website, or are you in stores, online stores? Yeah, or? I've got it uh, mostly online. Like you can get it on our website at motool.co, just m-o-t-o-o-l.co. And uh, like if you guys call me or email me, I get your discount codes. I just can't put them up because my dealers and stuff. Yeah. And uh, other than that, uh, available. You know, online, Amazon, all that BS. Yeah. I'm I'm working on some of that and some of that down. Uh, but brick and mortar, I just don't have a lot of I don't have a lot of presence. I don't have the time to work all those dealer relations and all yeah, that. And that's I, a, that's I, a whole job it, in itself. Yeah, it's kind of wild. So, but generally, if you get it off the website, I can get your break on it. And the the what you'll get with that, you'll if you get the MTB bundle, it's that universal mount with the Slacker V. So you're really just getting the Slacker V4 and a free universal mount. So you get the full Slacker package that works on your dirt bike and all that stuff too. And then that way it's the same price. If you're a mountain bike guy, you're not paying an extra 20 bucks for that little nice. hoo-ha thingy, you know? And then they're 20 bucks on the side if you've got the inserts and just wanted to move over to the deal. But I'm always happy to try to help people out. I know it gets expensive and stuff. So you know, like especially the sponsorships, we're on Hook It. We can do 50% on there. But beyond that, if you just email me or call me, I give people discounts all the time. Just don't just don't tell anybody about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll not tell the listeners. <laughs> we'll bleep this out. No, but I mean, it would be good to see these in a store somewhere. Yeah. I agree. I hope in this new partnership that that is going to be something that one of the, the guys that I'm working with already has all those relations built and, uh, and knows the marketing side. And that's where I just suck. You know, there's places in this business. I'll tell you, it's like, I'm good at product development and, uh, you know, like software development and all these things and photography, graphic design, video, all this stuff. But that marketing and that side of things and dealer relations, I just suck at. So I'm hoping I actually could do this. It's something I think I'm just at the point that the business needs it, you know? Yeah. You, need and, some, uh, you need some more bodies beside you. You can't do everything yourself. I can't, unfortunately. And I don't want to really. I no. kind of, you know, I kind of don't want to learn some of the the business management side. I want to make cool shit. <laughs> <laughs> Go to the races yeah. and yeah. I can't out get to see my pro riders and hang out, watch some yeah. people ripping, riding, you know, and ride myself, get out and ride my bike, you know? Yeah. And with the nice thing with product development is then I get to get out and ride my bike to try this stuff out. I'm working on a little Bluetooth meter for dirt bikes and, uh, and it's to test that I have to go ride my dirt bike. So, you know, I don't mind that at all, man. Yeah, that's what I need to do instead of schmoozing. Well, it's a great job. There's never a bad day in the office if that's your gig. Yeah. Yeah, it just sucks when every other duty is your duty too. If that was your only job, it would be amazing, you yeah. know. But unfortunately, you got to do all the other bullshit. So yeah. you know, 
product sourcing, all the stuff and shipping and logistics and crap. And that's been a nightmare. I lost that container and then spent all year trying to get stuff here through the shipping disaster and all that yeah. shit, the Suez Canal. I, and then the chip shortages hit me, the material, like the raw material shortages hit me, that shipping shit hit me. I couldn't get, and I fought all year to get through that, to get caught back up on stock. Cause I was out of stock for two months. And at the end of the year, like sales, slowed down and I have too much stock. <laughs> so this COVID shit's just been like, you know, you're, you don't know if you're coming or going any day. And if you get up and you got your arms and legs and nobody's evicted you, then it's fuck good enough. Let's do this. <laughs> well, we'll try yeah, to get rid of some of that not. stock over here on the East coast. Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. For sure, man. No, I'm, I'm always stoked to help out. And, and I do feel like it's a great product and uh I mean, Evil Bikes uses them. Uh, Kevin, yeah. oh, uh, he's a great guy. He was so stoked on it. And he's got the the V3s. And I, I'm stoked to get him the V4 with this new, uh, with the new mounts on the new app. And I think he's going to love it. Yeah. I had I had told him about the app stuff I wanted to do like two years ago. So hopefully he doesn't think I'm a flake that it took me two years to do it. But I actually literally had to learn how to write software to do it. Wow. <laughs> so it took me a little while. Yeah, it took. I, and I wrote originally, I wrote everything in native Swift and Kotlin, which is Apple and Android, the yep. native language. You know, it needed to be native, have native functions, access to Bluetooth. It just had to be. But I found a new tool that lets me build them both in one place. And, and now I can do I can do iOS, Android. I already just added web and Mac OS, Windows and Linux. Nice. I can roll that. Now, other than the Bluetooth gets complicated once you get off of a Android or iOS type yeah. of a deal. But uh, I, I started with that tool in April, rebuilt the entire app. So I learned a bunch because I already had done it. And then uh, it's an amazing tool. It blows me away. I can go in and just crank something in there. And all of a sudden that feature works on all those platforms like that. It's a, it's made by Google. It's called Flutter and it runs oh, on yeah. it's the first First time that Google's ever let anybody use their own code, Dart. And so it's Dart code run by SDK Flutter. And then that thing builds that shit and builds the Xcode and builds in native. So I'm still building in a native code, but it builds it for me instead of me building and building. Yeah. Been amazing. And my app is just badass now. Like not to <laughs> brag, but I'm super stoked on it. It's super snappy. It looks good. It works good. It does all the shit I want. And every time... I get hung up on something and I'm like, man, this is so complicated. I'm overcomplicating it. And I find I actually need to take some code out uh. and it'll do like I had these little uh, asynchronous commands in it. And if you were offline and you went to go to a page, it would sit there and wait because the page wasn't coming up and it, yeah. it got it just act really weird. And I found if I took that little thing out and didn't tell it to wait for it to do something, that you can just disconnect from the internet and write data all the day long. You can save settings and write bikes in there and shit all day with mm -hmm. no internet. It works great. And then when you connect to the internet, it all syncs up to the cloud, man. Nice. And it, it was just because I was overcomplicating it and trying to prevent it from being an issue if you were disconnected from the internet. And I was overthinking it. So every time I think that it's complicated, I actually have to unthink it a little bit, which is refreshing. 
I feel your most pain. shit that I touch gets really complicated and painful real fast. Like I'm a very simple a, man, and this shit is so over my head. No, I I don't relate to Johnny there. I overthink everything. Pardon the drool coming out of my mouth. <laughs> I'm just trying to take it all in. It's like, yeah. Uh, I, I hope. Honestly, for your sake, I hope that you didn't get any of that shit. I hope you wake no, up tomorrow. Like that just, forget this whole fucking conversation. That whistled right to you. I understood that. Yeah. I, I gotta <laughs> say though, I gotta say, John. Like, is there is there anything that you 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 haven't done? He's amazing. You're like, a smart dude. Yeah. I'll say it. You're a smart guy. Like it's, some people yeah, are really smart. Around. Some people are built to work with their hands. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it. I I already envy. Like sometimes my brain drives me crazy. Sometimes it just it goes and goes and goes. Like my my dad was actually an ophthalmologist, and uh, so he did eye surgery and stuff. He was a way more of an official guy, but he was still pretty goofy, funny dude for a doctor, you know. But uh, he's actually the guy that invented. Uh, Radial keratotomy, like the eye surgery to correct your vision oh, shit. in the wow. 90s. That nowadays they do LASIK and yeah. shit. But he's the one that actually developed all the nomograms and developed uh, how deep you do the cuts and how you do that procedure and then taught all the American doctors how to do it. And uh, he's the one that pioneered that procedure. Wow. So I just have, uh, and he was a, uh, he, He's like a complicated guy. We had a really not a great relationship necessarily, but uh, I got a lot of that same brain, which yeah. is just real complicated and focused. And like, uh, I don't know, it, it's a weird thing. And and I, I I tend to go on both sides. Like I can do music and I can do technical, and but I don't really know many people that go on both yeah. sides of that with me. I don't like I, either on one side or the other. So yeah. Lori's it's, it's family like thing, that. But, uh, your family's yeah, musical I, and super smart. Yeah. My family's yep. physical. What happened to me? <laughs> well, you're musical. Oh, everybody and you're, you're, lots, you're smarter than me. <laughs> yeah, but there, it, it's just a matter of, uh, I think I've just always done my own shit. I told my mom a couple weeks ago, I said, like, my, you know, I sometimes I'll call my dad by his full name, Charles Charles Spirit. I said, you know, by the time I was 11, I knew I didn't want to be Charles Spirit Because <laughs> 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 it was always stiff dick lawyer friends and shit, you know, and yeah. I just didn't like that shit. And then yeah. and then he ended up leaving anyway. My parents got divorced around that time. That didn't bode well with me either. And he was like a womanizer and some shit. So I knew that, that how I didn't want to be. And my dad had a funny saying and it's funny because i apply it to him all the time now and he's always tell us he's now kids nobody's worthless you can always serve as a bad example <laughs> and that's pretty much was that was his role in my life honestly. so at the end of the day you want to drink beer not sip scotch <laughs> uh, yeah and i i just think that uh i don't know it, it's a funny thing but i think i'm kind of smart but i'm also more than anything i'm real stubborn and uh, like a lot of the stuff that I learned, if you were here, you'd see me fail 99 times and then get it right once. Man, the key so to I success is failure and learning from it. And sometimes I think from people that don't see that at the end of the week, they just see the thing I didn't happen. They're all, man, that's amazing, you know. But if yeah. they would have seen the 99 failures, yeah. they'd probably get it. You yeah. know, a lot of it's just more grit and grinding it out than it is being uh, very smart at all. In fact, you could really debate the smart 
part of that because I'm also the guy that's dug this hole and you know, living in basements and thrashing around through McDonald's and shit. So it's debatable how smart I am. Honestly. Yeah, but to, it's some smart. To life look at the money you made just working those night jobs. Like that's yeah. Like it was went back into the business and I don't have shit. But it's good. It got me here. You know, yes. I and that's as long as you keep going. It's like what is that? The damn the torpedoes. You know. Yeah. yeah. We're like full steam ahead, man. We're gonna do this, and uh, I, until this thing sinks, I'm I'm doing it, and I'm hoping that uh, I'm hoping that I can blow it up. I don't. I'm not a big business dude, but I also would like it to become a, a actual company. You know, with people and where you show up to work at eight and actually can provide some jobs and some, yeah. you know, benefits for people and, and do something for somebody else. Cause the last eight years I've spent my entire life just trying to save myself, you know, and yeah. it, at a, at a point you start feeling kind of shitty, like, well, I'd like to save my family and other people and dogs or anything. Yeah. It seems you feel, start feeling kind of selfish at a point. It's a good thing. I don't have a family. They would have left me years ago, you know, <laughs> 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 you definitely have a solid product so mm. that's always the first step awesome thank you i'm really excited for what 22 is gonna bring i mm. feel like you're just gonna have to keep us on your journey and let us know keep us updated with what happens oh well i'm so excited i wish i could tell you who like my oh. potential business partner is it's like i'm shitting my pants <laughs> well, hit, hit, us up, hit us up when it drops oh yeah it's like yeah. above I mean, just to have somebody that believed in my company enough yeah. to want to invest in it. Yeah. But these dudes are like, uh, I mean, they're all the way at the top of the shit, man. That's so they're like, awesome. well, you, yeah, you're heavy gonna, hitter. You're gonna have to reach out when it when it becomes public knowledge. You have to reach out, and we'll have to get you back on, and you can you can give us an update as to where more tool is and where more tool's going. Yep. I'm down. I'll come on anytime you guys want, man. Just let me know. Like I'm, I'm always happy to do stuff like that. It's fun to do. Honestly, I enjoy oh, it. It's yeah. way better than most things that I do. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's nice to meet people. I mean, I, I get stuck in this apartment and with the pandemic, it isn't like people are out much anyway, yeah. Yeah. you know? Yeah. So it's kind of nice to just see some humans, honestly. Yeah. That's Without why we, do it. we like to do it. It's fun. <laughs> Shoot the shit with people, meet yeah, no, I'm I'm happy to keep you up to date, man. And I'm pretty uh like open with my business. I'm not a very official guy. Like I <laughs> I tend to try to share stuff when I can and stuff. And, and you totally I'm, fit I'm in pretty, here. We're very <laughs> we're officially very unofficial. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I I shoot I shoot straight for sure. If there's one yeah. thing I do is I won't hold shit to man. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I got I gotta say I'm actually other than if I will if I'm fucking with you. That's the whole oh, yeah. That's, that's a given. I will bullshit you. I'll slide one in on you and let you have it here and oh, there, yeah. but you'll know on the end. I won't I won't leave it late. That's enough. just that just game on in this crowd. I, I just, yeah, yeah. No, that, I'm definitely a shit talker when you get to know me. Yeah. I was gonna say I'm actually quite impressed that Wesley has not farted his way through this podcast, if I'm honest. I blew it out before we started. Is that what you did? Yeah, I blew it out. I'm very impressed. Blew it up. He's a silent deadly with him. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I love he, it. Usually there is at least one or two farts per episode. Well, we've gained a Patreon that's from it. Cool. Yeah, this right? Is we did. This is true. Literally got a Patreon sponsor. At some point, farting. we're always devolving to farts and talks of trail shit. shit. <laughs> yeah, that happens, man. Yeah. It, it happens. Shit happens. Shit happens. <laughs> <laughs> that's, um, we should have called this podcast. <laughs> 
all. Yeah, no wants, doubt. If someone wants to reach out, John, uh, what's your website again? Social media. Oh, just uh, yeah, motool.co. So m o t o o l dot c o. Perfect. I couldn't get the motool.com, so no M on it. Are you on social media, email. Facebook, Instagram, or anything like that? Yeah, the, and the email and phone number, all that goes to me. You'll get a hold of me right here, like right here on my phone. And then, <laughs> Literally uh, right here. We're on uh, Instagram and uh, Twitter, we're Motool Inc. And then on Facebook, we're motool.co. Cool. And, uh, but we should, if you just search Motool, it's easy to find. And then for the app on the place, uh, Google Play in the App Store, if you just search for Motool, you'll find uh, Service Assistant is the main app. That's where you keep all your bikes and stuff. And you'll also see, and I just updated this today, uh, there's a virtual remote, and all it does is connects and does the virtual remote for Slacker. But you don't have to have a login. But you can't save settings or do anything. It's just for people that think I'm trying to steal their information, you know. (laughs) They don't want to log into the goddamn app. So it's for those guys, if you don't want to have to log in, there's still a virtual remote and you can still use that. You just can't save settings and do all the, like the, the stuff that I like yeah. services for. So both of those are up there now. And then I'm going to be releasing it. I got to do some more testing, but it's going to come out on web minus the virtual remote. Like it won't be able to do the Bluetooth, but you'll still be able to get on a web browser, get all your settings and stuff. And then uh, I'm going to add where you can share stuff and, and, add in a social component to it at some point where you could share with other riders and be friends and a bunch of that stuff. So it's got a long ways to go, but it's been a a long road to get here. Oh, look at the puppy. Mm -hmm. What up, puppy? That's goose. (laughs) That's goose. He's a, he's a bit soft. Yeah. Uh, I love dogs. They don't have to be anything. They can be soft or anything. Just not mean. Oh, yeah, he's not mean. I mean, well, unless Wesley scares him. Unless you scare the shit out of him by mistake. (laughs) (laughs) He snuck up behind him earlier and he wasn't impressed. Yeah, he was scared. I've had some dogs that were amazing judges of character that would just tune into somebody and hate them, you know? (laughs) And I'd be, what is the deal? And a week later, I'd be, oh, that dude did what? Yeah. (laughs) Then you you find out. Dogs are a good judge. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Dog doesn't like a person. take note yeah there's very few dogs i don't get along with i love the puppy dogs what up goose how you doing buddy (laughs) he's a soft ass yeah that's rad that's cool man it's uh it's been really nice to talk to you and yeah you would would totally fit in with the bike squad over here we're just like the finest collection of weirdos yeah yeah no maybe i can get out there and hang out at some point man i'm hoping the next couple years get back to doing some traveling and stuff so Definitely keep an eye on my, I'm horrible about staying in touch with people, but if you watch me on Instagram or shoot me an email yep. and yes. bug me like that, I'm pretty easy to find usually, honestly, probably too easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we definitely will. We'll keep an eye out. And if you decide to come up to New Brunswick, you'll uh, definitely get to meet the bike squad. That's for certain. Yes, you would. Yeah, but I'm not coming at this time of year. You guys oh, yeah, are already no. coming. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I would, wouldn't recommend. Don't do June. That. Yeah. yeah, June's yeah. usually good. Yeah, we're getting like yeah. June through September, eighteen inches of snow tomorrow. Yeah, Something like that. Yeah, yeah. I do like the snow though. Where I grew up in Flagstaff, Arizona, and we used to. Uh, I mean, we've got up to in the seventies. We had seven feet in forty-eight hours. Oh, and uh, in two thousand eight, we got uh, five feet in twenty-four hours. Man, it snowed two feet, rained, and then oh. snowed three more feet on top. So Holy. when you were shoveling. Wow. There was three feet of powder and then two feet of slush, and that shit weighed like 
it was like a hundred pounds of shovel and we had to dig my big our tour van out we had to dig this big passenger van out right just so that we could go over and we blew up like two sets of chains so we could go dig my mom (laughs) i love the snow i snowboard and i don't have a snowmobile so we like yeah i don't miss it though Honestly, like to be in the snow for a couple of days would be great, but yeah. I don't miss it, man. Yeah. I don't envy you guys that. It's chilly here, but it's still dry out for the most part. No snow. Yeah. And 40. It's good to play in on the ski bikes and stuff, but when it comes to shoveling, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do without you it. shovel it and then it goes away. It right. just disappears anyway, man. <laughs> so what are you ripping for motocross bike? I got a, I used to be have dirt bikes when I was young and shit like that. What are you riding for? I a, got a, a Husky uh, FC 450 oh, in 2020. Nice. Yeah. How yeah, long have you been on a Husky? Dude, it's a, I, this is my first Austrian bike. And I love it. There's a couple of things I don't like about it. The, it's a steel frame. So if you really get in the throttle and the chop, it is so stiff. It yeah. is unbelievable. It goes straight through the motor into the frame and up your ass. Beat man. your teeth out. Like the forks, if you land front end high and slap them down, they're a little weird. But I had all my suspension rebuilt by this company in Bend, uh, Craft Moto. They actually, it's the same company as Cushcore, And they have a okay. suspension company for Moto. Man, they dyno test this shit. They could tell me, they told me how bad my old stuff sucked and told me what I already knew about it by just sticking it on the dyno and go, man, this looks like shit. I'm all, you're telling me it does this. And they said, I could see it. And I'm all, that's exactly it. Yeah. And uh, I can actually revalve it on the fly. I can actually change it and soften up the valving inside. And then, uh, but the way they built it for me is like, uh, it's so plush and it just wants to move forward and the bike turns better than like my Suzuki, which is notoriously a bike that's known to turn well. Mm-hmm. And uh, that 450 weighs the same as my old Suzuki 250. It's 223 pounds wet, man. Really? That thing is so fast. Oh yeah, Holy dude, it crap. is. That bike, and just stock out of the, man. out of the gate stock nothing about it i don't i don't even have new tires on it right now <laughs> i get out i get out of motor, motor dirt bikes back when the when the four strokes were just starting to come in and every all yep. the all the ama was still two stroke 125 250 stuff yeah and the four strokes were yeah, just starting to come in. it was a it was a huge adjustment to go to the to the four strokes for me but Honestly, I love them, man. You can go up a jump face and just roll the throttle on yeah. and boot to the moon. Absolutely. Whereas on a two-stroke, man, that thing with that back end would want to come out, you know, like yeah. a two-stroke is wild. You don't want to get on the throttle on a jump face on a 500, man. You're yeah, yeah, you ever that. ride a CR500 or a KX500? Oh, yeah. That's a, I grew up racing CR500 oh, in the 80s. I, I've, I I've driven one once or twice, and those things are an absolute animal. I, I used to have a... I raced them from like 83 through 86 and oh, I had, geez. I gear them 1443. So I'd put on a bigger front sprocket and a tiny little rear sprocket. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I could do wheel sounds at 70, just oh, power yeah. wheelie that. It was amazing. <laughs> but motocross, <laughs> it was a handful. I was like 160 pounds, but I'd moto it too, man. I'd gear yeah. it down and moto it with all the big muscle head construction dudes. And I show up with my, I had like, like the pink JT <laughs> racing gear. And I'm like 160 pounds. And these guys are laughing at me at the yeah. gate. And that first moto, I got a horrible start. I passed everybody, but the first dude, I passed like six dudes in three turns and then hit the first place guy's rear tire and stalled it. And they all went around <laughs> me. 
I passed all of them again and got third. And then we showed up at the gate that second motor. I was 16 years old on 500, and those guys were all business. They were like, that yeah. kid in the pink gear just smoked us. Yeah, they, they weren't <laughs> so, laughing then, were they? <laughs> no, it was fun. I It was real fun racing bikes and growing up in the uh, 80s. Like, it was amazing. And it, it was when they just, my first bike was an 81 CR250 Elsinore. And it was when they first went to the monoshock air cooled, it had the white uh, shrouds on it. Yeah. It had the red motor and stuff. Super badass, man. And that was like when motocross entered the modern, that was the big transition to what's going on now. And it was yeah. a, it was a great time to be in it. We got to uh, do Gary Bailey motocross school and, uh, you know, race the nationals, race Saddleback, yeah. all the big California stuff. So Saddleback it was is awesome. awesome. Yeah, it was amazing, man. It yeah. was a, that was a great time. I'd go back anytime I'd ditch all the technology and have to wait till Monday to get my money out of the bank any day. man. <laughs> I'd go back to that time just to get away from this COVID time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's exactly, a whole other man. story we won't go into. So what are you rocking for a mountain no, bike? No, that's Jenny? too depressing, man. It's been a good conversation. We don't want to go there, man. Ah, yeah. What are you rocking for a mountain bike? <laughs> I just got a little specialized stump jumper. So nothing Me fancy, too. man. I do the, Yeah, I don't uh I don't get much time on it, honestly. I try to go riding around here and stuff, but usually if I'm packing the van and going, I end up going to the track because I got to do business stuff anyway. Yeah. I, and I Lately, I've been testing that black box, so I'm kind of stuck on my dirt bike, but I don't argue with that either, man. I don't have to pedal the 450. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have to stick I'll to the bike because I'm, I'm fat. <laughs> ah. Right on. Anyone else have anything else to add? No. No, John. It's been, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you. We yeah. uh, we need yeah, to, no. we need to have wine night, and you need to talk to us about ostriches. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Off the air, we'll all, just shoot the shit. I got kinds of, all kinds of stories. If we got into the band days, I need to hear it. all about your ostriches, and I need to hear about your music career. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'll tell you one detail about the music career. The first band that my brother and I started in the early 90s was called Shit Bastard. <laughs> <Just 'cause laughs> we wanted a band that had a name that was two cuss words, so you couldn't put it on anything. So that you couldn't put it on the radio or anything. And it worked. People would put up flyers and call us Hit Star and all this shit, but you couldn't put it on and stuff. Yeah. And then when we'd show up, for shows, we'd just sell out T-shirts. Everybody go, shit, bastard. They didn't care what we sounded like. They just have a shit bastard yeah. shirt, you know? <laughs> or is any of your music available, or can we look it up? and? Listen? Yeah, a lot of it was pre-internet, honestly. The, the last it. shit we did that you could probably find would be uh, This Runs on Blood. Yeah. And uh, you probably will find still some videos. That band broke up in, like, 2010. That was my last band. Yeah. But I played guitar and it was like super wild ass hardcore rip them up shit. We got a buddy that's hey, right into that. that. <laughs> oh my god! We have awesome. A, we have a music a, meth, a metal head in our group. <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah, that was. I always I loved playing music. It was fun. It just the scene got to be too much by my mid forties. You know. That's that's what he says too. <laughs> He's not quite that old, but yeah, he said it's quite a quite a scene mid 40s yeah yeah he'll, he'll get there probably i did my last tour like not drinking at all and actually it was it was great because i remembered so much more of the people i met and the things that happened yeah but man trying to get sleep 
unbelievable because yeah. everybody else was just ripping it up doing whatever up yeah. all night and shit yeah. so <laughs> it was kind of it was kind of hitting a point where it just was not working for me and touring was hard with the business because i'd be on the road and trying to manage people's computer networks and servers and shit yeah. you know i could do for the most part but there you always wonder when something's going to crash and they need exactly. you on site yeah you're in Seattle, like ripped. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty, sounds like a pretty exciting life. Yeah, it's something else. Man. It's just what I've chosen to do. Sometimes I'm not sure what to think of it, honestly, but I tend to just go forward and then look back and go, wow, that was wild. <laughs> huh, look at that. <laughs> exactly. Young. But thank you guys, man. I hope you guys have a good weekend and thanks. Thanks for your time. And I'm down to shoot the shit whenever, man. We could talk about ostriches or bands or <laughs> we're, we're in. So awesome. Definitely in. Thank you, John. I'll let you know when the V4 turns up and uh Awesome. Yes. We'll get some videos done on that. A little bit of uh tech setup, get that sent over for you. Awesome. 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 Cool. cool. Right on. Thank we'll get with the luck like, with the podcast. And you guys have a good weekend. You too, yes, man. Don't you work too, John. too much this weekend. I won't. If I did, it'll be good. <laughs> Take- I will work. I'm going to work tonight. I want to get into some other shit on that app. But <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm excited to do it. I was telling my mom today, I'm all excited. She's like, well, don't work. Take a break, honey. <laughs> Not, I'll probably kick that. I'll watch Supercross tomorrow and relax, maybe. Good. There you go. Good. Solid enjoy. plan. Awesome. Will you enjoy? Yeah, you guys have a good night. Thanks. You too. too. Thanks, John. Bye. Bye. Yeah, you got it. Later. He was super cool. That's a wild dude. John's a cool guy. (laughs) He's you can tell. I know, right? Like I didn't know. So I so and obviously I'd looked at the website and I'd gone through stuff and stuff. Well, that's more than I've done. Oh well, I was more organized. Absolutely. So I I wrote some notes. I didn't. I knew about the tool because I remember Darren doing Jeff and Alice's bikes last year. Um, but I didn't really understand. Kind of, I, st- I still don't really understand some of the no, the things. Yeah, but it. But I do. I do think that it would be a beneficial tool for bike shops. I think it's worthwhile. Like it's I said, really you're good. spending that much on a bloody bike or you're buying a new fork at $2,200. Yes. Why wouldn't you put the effort in to get the most out of it? Mm. Right? I don't want to buy a new fork for that kind of money and like ride like shit. Don't check the air or the tokens or the rebound. Ride like shit and like you're just wasting your money. But- May as well just have a crappy Suntour XCR. Dog just stole my cookie. The dog just robbed the just cookie. Well, he sniffed it with his. He, he oh, put God. his little wet nose on it. I don't want dog drooly nose all over my cookie. Your your little um. Wet wet. Why has he got his Hold ice on. his finger? Are you either gonna shit yourself or you're gonna fart? <laughs> Matt Blockley. I thought you were supposed to call him. I thought you were supposed to call him like Fuckley Cock- or something. Mackley. Cockley. No, Cockley that's Mac- that's what he does with Narcouch. Oh, that's the other guy with Narcouch. Yeah. yeah. Huh? I don't listen. He to sponsors Narcouch. He does. Yeah. Oh wow! <laughs> I see how it is. And he calls himself Cockley. Matt Pooh Cockley. Matt Pukakli. <laughs> it's got a nice ring to it. And it's really fitting. 
Mm. Was it the dog that was fine during that? It was yes, the dog that was, was fine. Oh, I kept looking at Waz, but... Fuck! He was so bad! Because I looked at you, I gave you the death glow because I thought it came out of you because it smelled like me. the gluten hey, You'll know if it's me because I get the gangster lane. I know, but I didn't know if you was being polite because we was in, we was interviewing John. I didn't know whether the gangster lane was, you know... When have I ever been polite? <laughs> Such a twat. <laughs> Will you stop? Okay, I gotta say, whenever you do the introduction, you do your really scary eyes over the top of the mic at me, and then, then absolutely. And when you was eating, then <laughs> you were just like chewing, and all I could see was your big muff, and then hear <laughs> you in my ears. Mm. I could hear me in my ears. <laughs> I'd be surprised if you were anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> oh freak but you smell oh. colors too don't you oh fuck off <laughs> um he was cool <laughs> your face when he was like yes and i was an ostrich farmer and you just all went what <laughs> tell me more <laughs> when he said ostrich farmer i went huh? <laughs> It took me about five seconds to say, he said ostrich farmer. It's like, what the hell? If a man loves birds, like he's good in my book. What a 400 life. pound fucking psycho chicken. Mm. I know, but what a life. Like, like that's, did you fart? No, no. I didn't fart. Oh, what the was stuff you... that he was That was my response to being an ostrich farmer. Not a chance. Oh, I'd like oh, to go oh, chase oh, him oh, down and think... by the neck. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good cardio. Yeah. Wow. I no. knew when I saw him, I said, he kind of reminded me of Kim Mitchell. And I said, Pretty edit like, with Lost. I have no idea. Did anyone write down the name of his band? <laughs> Shit Bastard. Shit Bastard. I know. Well, that was- <laughs> but what was the other one he said after that, though? Oh, I forget. We'll have to look at the song. Yeah, because we got to look that up. Can we put on Spotify? Yeah, we'll look Shit Bastard. Yeah, it doesn't come up. Oh, did Just get try? a random playlist. I already might, <laughs> find, might Google it. <laughs> Shit Bastard playlist. Oh my god, but like I what, knew he had to play guitar. Like I didn't realise that he made them in his ha- like in his be- in his house. Stop Everything's gotta start man. somewhere. I know, but that's I'm incredible. making us money. But look at the product. Like look at the quality of the packaging. Yeah, everything, everything, the quality of the product, you would that's never have me. any I'm idea. Like, I'm like, you built this in your apartment. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. And then man. the fact that he was like, you know, I've got the the what the oh crap. The item that he was saying that he was the like, doohickey 3D, 3D printing behind him, and he's like, yeah. "What? Okay, that was pretty cool." I yeah. am, I'm a little bit in awe. Oh man, what it would be like? We'd have to go visit him. That would be so cool. In that Portland, would be a yeah, trip. Pacific Northwest. We should how just pack up the jeeps. How, how many faraways is that? Yeah, five thousand oh, kilometers. That's a lot okay. of faraways. Yeah, five days drive. Five days. We've driven close to that. <laughs> Laurie and I have. Mm-hmm. Fuck me. You can't drive to Fredericton without falling asleep. No, I shit. actually can. I can get to Halifax without we'll falling asleep. We'll have to oh, bring a trailer mm-hmm. and you guys can just live in the trailer and sleep how while we you, drive. How did you make your cookie? Can you hear that? Yeah. No. Stop oh. chewing in the microphone, you heathen. No, I'm not sure if you could hear it. Oh, yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, like that was super cool. He was yeah. super cool. Was He's a rad dude. Yes. I think more people got to get into this and Mm. just really take some time on their setup. I'm excited. Like Jeff told me about Allison doing her suspension and that 
she could really notice the difference and stuff. Like I've ne- just never done anything. Pump that's up it. my it's shock, like, pump up my fork, do my thirty. And that's what most people do, right? They and, look at the rider tables or they go on their app on the phone and you set it to what it says and, and that's yeah. it. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. For sure. I just so I'm sat here and all I did was just lift my right ass cheek to see if I could just squint at what numbers the the pod track thing was at. And then Laurie went, one hour up. <laughs> but it was it was the fact that her whole body went, one hour and oh, Her arms flail like crazy when <laughs> she's talking. But it was the whole like, <laughs> like one. Oh, man, alive. You guys are weird. I know. Yeah. Well, they're not weed cookies, if anybody asks. They are, um, I don't know what they are. Gluten cookies. They're gluten cookies. What? Yeah. Really? Gluten. So, went down to uh, Quest this week. Really? Fat biking. Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't. How far did you ride, Darren? Some Some of us have to work. Yeah, wow. About 600 meters. <laughs> oh? Yeah, rode up the road. Erin decided she was cold, didn't want to ride, through a paddy. So we swapped out the bikes and went back. That was it. Oh, geez. So back went off and rode with a Quest crew. Got some wicked pictures. It was super fun. I bet. It Those was... fat bikes are super light. It was super cold. I hope we get invited to go do that sometime, Laurie, don't you? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. It was, it was, it was good. And it was, uh, like, I don't, I'm not as wintry as you guys are. I, I get cold easily. Mm. Um, it was fucking freezing. Um, but just to see Hillsborough in the winter is, it's so different. No mm. doubt. So different. Like, we rode down Dynamite. Sorry. Wow. What are you playing, Miss Laurie? Laurie. Put your phone <laughs> on silent. Grace is having a, a vet emergency. Her cat has a blockage, and they've told her it's going to be about 2500 Holy. Well, between 2000 and $2,500. Mm. She works minimum wage. What the frig is she supposed to do? Frig. So... Yeah, just you guys talk amongst yourself for a minute. I gotta deal with my kid. I don't really want to go with that information. Me either. (laughs) That's unfortunate. Yeah, that's terrible. Well, I I did nervous laugh. I'm not laughing at the cat, but I. I... Fat biking. Yes. Do you like it? Yes, no. Yeah. No, I did, okay. I didn't not like it. It's just, I, 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 it's cold. Mm-hmm. I, I just, yeah, I don't. There's things I you can do to stay warm. No, there isn't. My hands and feet, the blood gets like halfway down my like legs and goes, oh my God, it's so far. I'm not going any further. <laughs> so anyway, but no, it was really, and like I said, like coming down dynamite, especially after we rode it in the summer and the summer and the winter contrast on the two, just mind blowing. Hmm. Mind blowing. Oh. I've never ridden studded tires before. Goose, you're on my wire, dude. Thank you. Mm. Uh, uh, those are fucking awesome. Are they grippy? Yeah, super grippy. Mm. You enjoyed that, all 600 meters of it? All 600 meters, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, no, they're super grippy, and, and those quest flurries are so frigging light. It's crazy. Yeah. That just it's mad to think that whole bike, including those fucking huge four point eight inch studded tires, is lighter than my trail bike. I know, it's hard to believe. Ridiculous. Yep. That's what surprised me was how lightweight they are. Mm. Like, Holy crap. The whole the whole bike. Like, yeah. I mean, I draw I drove. <laughs> Um, I originally rode one of the older ones and then I tried one of the new, like, I think it was like a last season one and then a this season yep. one. And then I tried, but they're, they're so light. Like there was nothing to them at all. Well, the fat bikes we had before, I mean, they weren't tanks, but they were significantly Yours was heavier. heavy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like there was nothing to steel them. Steel frame. Mm. Yeah. But no, it was it was it was pretty incredible to to just ride something different and then like I said, see a trail system that I've never seen or would never see in winter. Like all the big um fir trees? Are they the, are they the, the, with Could all be. with all the snow on fir, hemlock, spruce, that type Yeah, of tree, like yeah. you know when it gets all the snow on it and it gets dead heavy it's and pretty, droopy yeah. and like it was all heavy and droopy and then they've they've Pack down the trail and, uh, yeah. and stuff. Yeah. For for those listeners who can't see what's going on here, she's giving a sign language. <laughs> I think well, if you tie Becky's hands together, she'll go mute. She won't be able. Well, to I couldn't remember the the word groom. It's been a fucking long week. It's like a lifetime of charades with you because when oh, the word doesn't come, it's all about you got to guess what she's doing mm-hmm. with her hands. Do you, are you so familiar you can... <laughs> with this? Yeah, this, is I this understand clear? that sign language. Yep. Are you clear with what I'm trying to say to you oh, yeah. right now? Mm-hmm. 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 And for those listeners that cannot see me, I'm currently flipping my husband off because he is an asshole. You married it. Yes. Anyway, so... Um, that, that was your choice. I know. <laughs> um, so I, I also made notes here that um, we was going to talk about breathing, uh, Laurie's punching stomach story, and coral reef. <laughs> coral reef. Oh <laughs> but, All right. What have we got ahead of that? We've got um, oh, MTB gosh, Atlantic yeah. Summit as rescheduled for June the 2nd to the 5th. Mm-hmm. Tickets available soon. Keep an eye Excellent. on their... Uh, Instagram page they're posting links to oh, that we should so. tell everyone as well if they want to do any provincial campsites to book on February 2nd yes 2nd 2nd <laughs> that's when the uh, system opens 2nd <laughs> not mm-hmm. the 1st that's right the 2nd that's right Um, and yeah you wanted to talk about breathing because you'd had a conversation with Mr. Yeah, Mooney I was talking with uh, Matt just kind of brief- briefly you know Breathely. 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 Yes. Breathely. Good segue. Uh, so the reason I always fucking hated running was breathing. I always find that I breathe from my upper chest rather than my stomach. And I think that's a male versus female thing. All right. I, I don't know what kind of Jenga crazy person you think I am. Are you out? Are you in? Oh, God. That's Sorry, a bum. That's I'm a bum. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> That's a good job. I'm only a tiny stocked human. Yeah, so I always kind of struggled with breathing when I was running years ago. I used to do cross country for school and breathing just kicked my fucking ass. And then biking as well. You know, you get them days and it's hot and you just you just can't seem to get your rhythm. Kicks your ass and your heartbeat goes through the roof and 
something I've found there with running those Zwift sessions in the morning is I've I've had the time and the ability to, well, not be worrying about what's going to kill me on a fucking trail, and just focus on being able to breathe. So I figured I'd just send a like a little email off to Matt, and he came back and basically said, yeah, you know, you want to breathe from your diaphragm in through your nose, out through your mouth. Well. I'm a mouth breather. I like breathing in through my mouth. That's <laughs> <laughs> just the way it is. As big as this nose is, it just doesn't provide enough airflow, apparently. So, yeah, that was it. Focusing on the breathing, being able to get that under control. And what I found there was, like, on the Zwift stuff, even nailing a climb and putting some weight down on the pedals, I managed to keep my heart rate it significantly within. lowers your heart rate. Oh, down. yeah, it's insane. That's what I do. When mine gets and up, I go from my normal pant yeah to... and you can tell like the difference Real you can, see, breathing, you can yeah. really see it on your heart rate monitor yeah. when you're when you lose that focus because your fucking heart rate just goes you can i find i can drop all like, over like 10 beats a minute 10 15 easily yeah, yeah. just from breathing i'll tell you in the morning when i go on the z wift I'm going to be on the z wift at 0, 0600 fuck off if you wake me up at 0, 0600 <laughs> you're going to be dead not on the z wift i'm not going to wake you up no. Anyway, that was my little epiphany with breathing. And yeah. well, Matt basically just confirmed that breathing is a lot of, like your heart rate is dependent on how much oxygen's going around your body and supplying your muscles. So I still hate if your breathing's fucking, you're not like taking a good, getting enough oxygen in your lungs, your heart rate is going to be erratic, just trying to move enough blood around to get the oxygen going, right? Mm -hmm. So. I found the last couple of times that I was on the Z Wift that if I if I kept the top number what? top thank you if I kept that number at between a hundred and eighty and two hundred my heart rate stayed around one seventy but then if I went above that. But then my breathing's stupid and I don't think I breathe very well. But then, that's just it, right? That was my yeah. whole point to Matt. It was uh, breathing something, again, that we take for granted and never really give any focus to understanding whether we're breathing right while we're exercising. Well, and to add to Laurie's punching stomach story, because she's not here, so I'm going to have to add a lib and try and remember what she told us. But when she was doing her choir in music school, music school, music class or something like that, um, she said that they would come round, like the instructor would come round, and if you weren't breathing properly or something, then the, the instructor would punch you in the guts or the stomach. Yeah, if you're not if you're not singing from your diaphragm, or whatever, yeah, or then she like said that. that they'd punch you. I'm pretty sure they're not allowed to do that anymore. Yeah, that might be. I think might get in a little trouble. Yeah. Maybe that's what's wrong with the world. You need to start punching kids. <laughs> you didn't do your English homework? Poof. <laughs> yeah, I'll teach you, little shit. Well, on that note, I'm going to pretend to be Laurie for a second. We're at one hour and 41 minutes. Do you want to touch the button? Meh, don't touch the button. I don't want to touch the button. Don't touch it, ET. I'm not touching mm -mm. the button. My, button, my buttons All are... Right. I know. Thank you for joining us, everyone. No. You did that the last time. That was super Come again. fucking lame. <laughs> anything Anything else to add, anyone? No, I'm good. Breathe from your diaphragm. Buy a slacker. Check Thank out Thank you Molto. for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Was Breathing from my diaphragm with a flex in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us on the Mountain Bike Connection podcast. Um, Peace out. Laurie also says bye. Yes,
by from Lori, who had to leave for a family maybe emergency. Maybe you should do. Maybe you should do pigeon noises. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Okay. She's here in spirit. Yes. Yeah. Bye, y'all. Later. Oh, hit no, the button. Oh, do I get to turn you it You get down? to hit the button. It's too much pressure. I can't Press do it. it. I can't Press do it. it. I can't it's do it. it. Which one? It's it. I can't. Is it, the, is it the red one?